goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ditto heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. You do that second. Snurdly is James Golden here on Friday, Rush Hour. WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. If you'd like to be part of the program today, all you have to do, pick up your telephone, dial 800-848-WABC, 800-848-WABC. We have a jam-packed show today. Princess Di will be joining us, can't wait. And of course, one of the most brilliant economists in the world, Steve Moore, will be coming our way too. Your telephone calls, also the news of the day. We start today with a giveaway, with two giveaways, actually. Yesterday, if you were with us, we gave away a pair of tickets for those of you interested in going to see Joel Osteen at um, Yankee Stadium. We've got two more tickets. So if you would like to win a chance to see Joel Osteen at Yankee Stadium this Saturday, I've got a pair of tickets for you. Right now, all you have to do, pick up your telephone, dial 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Tell them. Who's screening today? Izzy. My friend Izzy Richardson is screening today. Tell Izzy, please, let us know when we've got that, because then we have more tickets to give away. Absolutely. So, we'll do Joel Osteen tickets if you are interested. Give us a call, 800-848-WABC, and we'll come back. We'll tell you after the first break how you can win something else. Stay with us. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let us get started today. I laughed on the floor. It's Friday. Yes, we've got all the domestic news. You've heard it all. We're spending trillions of dollars that we don't have because we're the United States of America. We can print money. We can spend it. We don't have to have the money. We don't have to have anything resembling collateral for the money. Joe Biden can say, and the Democrats can say, we want to spend it, and that's all it takes. Okay, let's spend it. Well, where's the money coming from? We're going to print it. Well, what's backing the money? We don't care. How much debt is the country going in? We don't care. Spend the money. What does that do to inflation? We don't care. What does that do to a recession? We're not in a recession. But yes, you are in a recession because, yes, you are. At least the way that we all used to calculate recessions, yes, you are in a recession. In fact, 
you know what? You know that we've been going through this business with the recession. Peter Ducey mixed it up the other day with the press girl uh, for Biden. And she's telling us, no, no, no. These two quarters back to back of negative growth do not constitute a recession. You have the Bill Clinton, don't you? Now, let me set this up. Bill Clinton, this is when the transition was underway between the Clinton, outgoing Bill Clinton, and incoming Bush 43. They were both sitting in the oral office. Yes, the oral office. Those were the Clinton days. So it it was the oral office. Ask Monica. Yeah. And this was the exchange that Bill Clinton had in the oral office with reporters. Mr. President, what do you think about a recession? Well, a recession is two quarters in a row of negative growth. I don't think we're going to have that. But we couldn't keep up 5% growth a year, you know, forever. So most of the, I think 49 of the 50 blue chip uh, forecasts will be 2.5% or better next year. We'll keep on the low. And, uh, but I think there'll be things to be managed. He'll have economic challenges and uh, you ought to give him a chance to meet them. Not try to figure it all out in advance. Yeah, so did you hear that again? Bill Clinton, right on time. Two quarters of negative growth, that's a recession. I don't think we're going to get that. With Bush 43 sitting right there next to him. So that's so much for that. A, of course, the Joe Biden White House is totally denying that. So we have that on the books. There are other funny things in the news. I just love this story. It was part of the BS. It was part of the Daily BS today. That is the twice a day news blast that I send out. Hollywood hypocrite. Leonardo DiCaprio spanked by Brazil's president. Give up your yacht before lecturing. I just fell out. Haughty Hollywood actor Leonardo DiCaprio and his oversized ego spanked by Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro, who had literal tolerance for a sanctimonious lecture from a jet-setting celebrity and put the award-winning star and climate change cultist in his place with a blistering Twitter smackdown. What happened was this. DiCaprio tweeted to his 19.6 million followers. How extensive is deforestation in Amazonia? One of the most important places on planet for people and wildlife. According to this map, the region has faced an onslaught of illegal deforestation at the hands of extractive industry over the last three years. Well, the president of Brazil tweeted back. You again, Leo? He said, (laughs) he said, this way you will become my best electoral cable, as we would say in Brazil. I could tell you again, to give up your yacht before lecturing the world, but I know progressives 
You want to change the entire world, but never yourselves. So I will let you off the hook. He then continued, between us, it's weird to see a dude who pretends to love the planet paying so much more attention to Brazil than to the fires harming Europe and his own country. One may wonder if you're obsessed with my country for its resources, or if you just believe Brazil is the only one on earth. But don't worry, Leo. Unlike the places you're pretending not to see by brilliantly playing the role of a blind man, Brazil is and will carry on being the best that is preserved. He said that they're going to continue to do their job there, that their government and his government, it's actually averaging lower deforestation, way lower than the past, when the crook turned candidate that your bazillion buddy supports was in power. I mean, he just raked. He just took poor old Leonardo to the mat. Leonardo, of course, has not answered any of this. Like, oops, oops, oops. <laughs> There's a USA Today poll that says Democrats holding a slight leave. There's not going to be a red wave. Actually, Democrats are going to win the midterm elections. Yeah, it's in USA Today. It's a Suffolk University USA Today poll. Supposedly going to shake up the conventional wisdom. Right. <laughs> Nonsense. Right? That's all the that's all the amount of time we need to spend with that. Nonsense. Okay. Justice Alito on a tear. Justice Alito did a speech. He was uh made a speech, and in the speech, he actually went after some of the voices from across the pond that have been criticizing our Supreme Court. He mentioned that one of those voices was that of former Prime Minister Boris Johnson, but he said Boris Johnson paid the price. You know, Johnson's out of office. So here's Alito mocking the Brits. And he also mocked the little boy um, PM up in Canada, Justin Trudeau. But then he saved the brunt of his remarks for another person of the royal heritage. He said, what really wounded me, what really wounded me was when the Duke of Sussex addressed the United Nations and seemed to compare the decision whose name may not be spoken with the Russian attack on Ukraine. He said, despite this temptation, I am not going to talk about cases from other countries. All I'm going to say is ultimately, if we're going to win the battle to protect religious freedom in an increasingly secular society, we will need more than positive law. And... That was a very classy put-down of the Duke, the Duke of Sussex, El Duque. 
And there's also another story today, Daily Mail, where a royal author expert, Angela Levin, is just ridiculing the Duke. He's behaving in such a ridiculous manner. He shouldn't be telling the United States what to do. Frankly, this just isn't his business. He's still an English prince. And if he wants to go into politics along with Megan, which will be laughable, then he should drop his royal title. Now, we've got some sound to listen to. I think what we're going to do is get an instant reaction. I was going to play them now, but we're running out of time. We've come into a time crunch. So I think we're going to just, on the fly, do something fun. And I'll tell you what that is when we return. James Golden, Bo Slurry, it's Rush Hour here on WABC, joining us shortly. The Princess of Policy, Diana Mee, joining us shortly. World-class economist Steve Moore. And, of course, your telephone calls, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-WABC. Do not go away. This is The Rush Hour with Pose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Billy Cobham, Total Eclipse. Listen, my friends, 77 WABC listeners, if you heard my interview earlier this week with John Andrasik, the man behind the band Five for Fighting, you know that he is exceptional. He's an exceptional songwriter, an exceptional vocalist. Five for Fighting is just exceptional. He's platinum selling. He's Grammy nominated. Well, he's going to be at the Paramount in Huntington, New York on August the 2nd. I mean, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. On the 2nd. That's coming right up. Tuesday, August 2nd at the Paramount in Huntington, New York. Now, if you would like to go check out Five for Fighting, if you'd like to go check out my man, John Andrasik, all you have to do right now, call us. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-WABC. Be the seventh person to say you want to go see Five for Fighting, and we've got... A pair of tickets for you. You can start dialing right now. Meanwhile, it's time for a radio royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. Ah, your highness. Your (laughs) royal highness. I got a little surprise for you. Oh, dear. Well, originally I wanted to get some of this stuff cleared away in, in in the first segment, but I ran my flapped my gums too long, so I didn't. So yes, we're gonna talk about mansion and all this ridiculousness. But first, I'd like for you, Your Highness, to listen to this exchange. We're only gonna play part of it. I have the full two minutes. I'll play the full two minutes tomorrow. But listen to this exchange between Fox News, Mr. Ducey and the uh, White House spokesgirl. D.C. mayor sent the White House a letter 
asking for National Guard help with migrants that have been bused here from Texas and Arizona. Is the president going to approve that request for the National Guard? So as uh, to your question on the National Guard, I refer you to the Department of Defense. They will have uh, that answer for you. Uh, we have been in regular touch with Mayor Bowser and her team. Uh, and I said this before, I said this last week about Republicans using migrants uh, as a political tool, uh, and that is shameful, and that is just wrong. Uh, there is a process in place for managing migrants at the border. This is not it, what they're doing currently. Uh, that, that includes expelling migrants as required by court order under Title Title 42, uh, transferring them to ICE custody or placing them in the care of local NGOs as they await further pro pro uh, processing. Again, so what Republicans are doing, the way that they're meddling in the process and using uh, migrants as a political pawn is just wrong. So the White House okay. preference. Would that, that's, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think about our press girl here? Just hilarious. All of a sudden, she's all nimby. Not in my backyard with the migrants. <laughs> Do you know this has only been about six weeks that the yes. uh, Texas governor has been shipping a few busloads up to D.C., and all of a sudden, she's doing no mops, no mops. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to call the National Guard out. And you Republicans. <laughs> Shameful, shameful. You're using migrants as part. What the hell have you been doing? <laughs> Political bonds, absolutely. So the shoe is on the other foot, and it's just delightful. And it is amazing how quickly they are just surrendering. We cannot have this in our community. <laughs> I love it. Now let us turn to one of my favorite sources for audio. That would be Libs of TikTok. I don't know which one Kevin's going to play. Pick one, Kev. We'll both react together. Normalize spitting in the Trump supporters. Are you at a bar or brewery or restaurant in which you did not expect to see a Trump supporter? Because their website and uh, decor otherwise declared that they are LGBTQIA plus friendly. Maybe they've got a pride flag. Maybe, maybe they've got a BLM flag in their window. But you still, for some reason, see an ungodly Trump supporter, and heaven forbid, they're also wearing... Trump merchandise? Well, take an unfinished drink from a table, spit in it, bring it over to them, and tell them that you bought them one. And then pray to whatever glorious creature gets you out of bed in the morning that they'd take a sip of it and, and suffer for the rest of the day. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> I don't know if that was the one that you wanted to hear. It doesn't matter. These are horrible people. I don't know. Did you see the one, James, where this, this libs of TikTok one where they had a voice of a duck in their head? Did you see that one? No. Yes. We'll it have to just, find you it. You know, bizarre people. And they seem to be proud of their bizarreness. And, you know, this one is a crime. If you're poisoning people and hoping that they're poisoned, you can't, you can't go around giving tainted drinks to people just because they might support another candidate. It's bizarre. Okay. Now we have another liberal of TikTok from a teacher. That has to be the one left. This is the teacher. Uh, let's hear what a teacher, now imagine that your kids are still in school, Diana, and you're sending your child to this school to be in this person's class. I'm a non-binary elementary school teacher, so here's how I talk to my students about pronouns and such. Hi, my name is Mix K. It's Mix. 
So kind of like cookie mix or mixing bowl, that sort of thing. That's how it's pronounced. That is my name. That is the name that I'm comfortable with. It is the name that makes me happy and I would like it if you referred to me as such. See, I'm not a mister or a miss, so I go by mix because that's what makes me happy. Now you have a name that you like to be called other than the name that's on the paper, right? It's the same thing for me. I have a name that I prefer to be called and that's the one that you're gonna use for me, okay? Now I don't consider myself to be a boy or a girl, I just see myself as a person. So that's why I go by mix. So I'm actually non-binary, I'm not really comfortable with feminine terms being used for me. If you can find some alternatives, that would be great. My pronouns are they, them, and she, her. Thank you so much for asking, what are yours? Talking about gender is not something that's out of the realm for children. Honestly, the most understanding people when it comes to my identity have been the students that I work with. So it's important to be yourself because being openly you is probably the most important thing you can do for the kids of this generation. Who are these people? Who are these people? Are you kidding me? Who are these people? telling you i would immediately respond my pronouns are kma and take my kids out of there. <laughs> <laughs> this is oh. just outrageous <laughs> my name is mix you will refer to me as mix and i am not a boy or a girl i am that's what makes me happy that's what makes me happy i am not i am not oh okay <laughs> Uh, Diana, this new spending bill, the more I read about it already, um, apparently when Manchin signed on to this multi-billion dollar bill, it's going to also hurt the coal industry. Coal miners are going to get slapped with a massive tax hike. This is Joe Manchin from the coal industry state of West Virginia signing on to tax the industry that helps support his state. Let's take a time travel back two weeks, James, when we talked about an article in the Washington Post on July 14th, and here was the title. Manchin says he won't support new climate spending or tax hikes on the wealthy. And the reason was, his spokesperson said, that Manchin was concerned about the millions of Americans struggling to afford groceries and gas as inflation soars to 9.1%, and he doesn't want to add fuel to the inflation fire. So that was two weeks ago. He wasn't going to increase taxes, and he wasn't going to add climate spending because of the economy. Okay. Now, two weeks later, we have an official recession. Nothing else has gotten better, and he's suddenly done a deal, which is, in my opinion, the plan all along. Now that I'm reading this, they snookered uh, McConnell. That's what happened. They snookered McConnell, and he signed on to the, um, the, the, the chip bill, and he thought that this bill was dead. And according to the Louisiana senator, John Kennedy— he said, we got our asses kicked. He said, we got rinky dude, which is an, a Louisiana word, which means screwed, out wow. outmaneuvered, and that McConnell, who is famous, quote unquote, for his strategies, he got, he got really snookered. And so he never expected this to be brought back. 
he never expected he he signed on to this other bill as he has signed on to several bipartisan bills, including gun control. And now we're going to pay the price, all of us. Well, you said that we're going to go and I've been looking through trying to find uh, some of the things that are in this bill tomorrow morning. Uh, please, ladies and gentlemen, join us. Join Princess Di. Join me here on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We're going to tell you some of the things inside this climate bill. Diana, what I am reading so far, and there are some things that I don't. I'm going to give you one. $60 billion. If if there's a line item for $60 billion in something, do you think you would know what the $60 billion is going to be spent I'll on? I'll tell you what it is. Do you know what I found? I looked into it. Urban heat islands. They're going to combat urban heat islands with the $60 billion. What in the? (laughs) Because if you remember, there's not enough shade in cities because there's racism in the planting of trees. And so there are urban heat islands because of lack of shade. And so we need $60 billion to fix that out of our pockets. Tomorrow morning, more more on this. Princess Di, thank you as always. We'll look forward to learning about the heat islands and the rest of the BS that's in this bill as we go through it as one of the things we'll talk about tomorrow on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Thank you, Princess Di. Thank you, Sir James. We'll be right back, folks. James Golden is Rush Hour here on WABC Talk Radio 77. Coming right back. Your calls, of course, welcome. 800-84-WABC, 848-9222. Coming back right after this. Ay, ay, ay. Rush. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. where we are today. If things are going so great, though, then why is it the White House officials are trying to redefine recession? No, we're not redefining recession. If we all understand a recession to be two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth in a row, and then you have White House officials come up here to say, no, 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 that's not what a recession is. It's something else. How is that not redefining recession? Because that's not the definition. That is not the definition. Brian Deese said in 2008, of course, Economists have a technical definition, which is of a recession, which is two consecutive quarters of negative growth. I can tell and you this. He said two, consec- two negative quarters of GDP growth is not the technical definition of a recession. It is what not. Changed? It is not. Why did he say that? It, it was? is not. I can sp- I can speak to I can speak to you to what he said yesterday in front of all of you, which is the last thing that you just repeated. There are many factors, there are many factors, economic factors and indicators to consider. Uh, And I will say that uh, the textbook definition of recession is not, is not two negative quarters of GDP. We have a strong labor market. We have business. With us, ladies and gentlemen, world-class economist. He has worked with many, many, by the way, he's the founder of Club for Growth, too. Steve Moore. And he's on our air on set <clears throat> on the weekends. Uh, Steve, what's a recession? <laughs> Hi, James. It's so good to be with you. Uh, well, you know, look, the dictionary definition, by the way, I don't know if you saw the uh, headlines at the front page of the uh, New York Post today, but it, it has that definition right there on the front page. 
right. straight quarters of negative growth. Now, we've had two, you know, uh, slightly negative quarters. The first quarter, I think, was down was about a, a point and a half, and this one was down by about one percentage point. So it's a mild recession, but it is a recession by any uh, textbook definition. Uh, incidentally, I would say to you, James, that what we're in right now is what I call a cost of living recession, where the the real damage that's being done by the Biden policies is not so much the shrinkage of the overall production of the economy, but the fact that people's wages and salaries are falling way behind a 9.1% inflation rate. And we estimate at the Heritage Foundation that the average worker has lost about three to $4,000 in purchasing power in just the last 12 months because of uh, of the Biden policies. That's that's a lot of money to lose if you're making, say, $60,000 a year. If you're making $67.521 a year, the Daily Mail says today that you are paying a staggering $5,915 more than you were before on everyday items. Clearly, clearly. I mean, <clears throat> look. I did an online purchase went, went to, to one of the big box stores for a delivery. I had started last week and then got distracted. I went back. Stuff was still in my shopping cart. In one week, the price on some everyday items have gone up almost a third. It's like, what is going on here? And others, you notice, there are things that you normally buy. They can't be stocked. And I wonder if that's because you still have this this uh, 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 supply line jam at some of the uh, ports coming into the country. You have uh, truckers that are blocking roads in Oakland, California, because they're unhappy with government regulations. This economy, where, if you had to give your assessment, Steve Moore, on where the economy of the United States is right now, what would that assessment be? Well, I mean, I'm very frustrated because I don't think there's any question that if uh, you know Donald Trump were still president, we wouldn't be talking about any kind of recession. We'd be in a boom right now. Don't you agree? I mean, we'd be producing way more gas. We wouldn't have a 9% inflation when Trump left office. We had 1.4% inflation. We wouldn't see gas prices, $5 a gallon, depending on where you live. Uh, all of these things are self-inflicted wounds, and they all happened as a result of Biden's war on American energy, his $3 trillion spending bills that, that you know, flush so much money into the economy that it's uh, And, uh, you know, so, and, and, you know, by the way, I'm, I'm so frustrated, I can hardly even, I, I feel like pulling my hair out. Now they're talking about another half a trillion dollar tax and spend bill. I mean, these people don't stop. And they're a menace. I mean, this is, this is incredibly diabolical, this new bill they're talking about that Joe Manchin has agreed to that is going to put a $200 billion tax on our pharmaceutical industry. But if we had had that, we wouldn't have had the Operation Warp Speed that got us the vaccine. And then they're going to spend almost all of that money on green energy projects. They're practically going to buy electric vehicles and Teslas for people. Where is the money coming from, Steve? Where? Okay, I... Debt, debt. We're going to borrow it. I mean, look, they're going to raise taxes on the uh, on the uh, drug industry, as I mentioned. But you know, we're already thirty trillion dollars in debt, and they want to spend another three hundred billion dollars on climate change policies. Meanwhile, James, 
Uh, right now, as we speak, big article in one of the major European newspapers this week that the, that the Chinese are building 30 massive new coal plants. Now, do you think President Xi cares about climate change? Not one bit. Not one bit. And we're going to spend another $60 billion on environmental justice. Environmental justice. I don't even justice. know what that is, by the way. I keep hearing that term, environmental justice. I have no idea. They make up these terms just like they can't define what a what a recession is. If you notice, they've they've redefined what a woman is. They've redefined what uh, mostly peaceful is. They've redefined what transitory means. They keep redefining all these words. But when I hear these terms like environmental justice, I swear to God, I have no idea. They say they're going to, you know. Uh, help people in inner cities or something like that. It's it's just Well, Princess Diana, Diana, who you know very well, Diana just told us what some of it is. She's been doing some research on it. Uh And Princess Di just told us that here's one component of it, Steve. Um, The cities in America are racist because there aren't, there isn't enough shade. There aren't enough trees. (laughs) Right, right. And so one of the things that they're going to do is alleviate these hot spots in cities by spending $60 million to make cities anti-racist so that there'll be more shade for people in the cities. And that's part of the $60 billion in environmental spending for uh, for justice. We also know, and I'm waiting to see what, how this is going to play into it, that our uh, transportation secretary, uh, Pete Buttigieg, says that the roads are racist too, that we have lots of racist roads in America. So I presume that we're going to that we're going to send some of the roads in America to sensitivity training so that they won't be so racist. <laughs> well, James, I mean, I couldn't put it better than you do, but I will say this, that, you know, it, it's, we laugh at this, but there's a serious, there's also a serious point here. I mean, it is absolutely absurd, this idea of, of, of environmental justice. The, the reality is, the reality is the people who are getting crushed by these green energy basically a, the playground of the really ultra-rich. If you raise somebody's home heating costs and their gas by 25 or 30 percent, you know, to a rich person, they don't care. All the Biden voters, you know, it was the super rich who all voted for Biden. They, they don't have a problem with that. The people who are getting crushed by Biden's high gas prices and high utility prices and the price of everything else we buy is low-income people. So <laughs> all of the green policies are a matter of are injustice, not justice. All they talk about is how they're going to reduce the income gap and income inequality when all their policies actually make hurt the poor the most. But they're going to do something for the poor, Steve. Apparently you haven't heard this. They're going to allow the poor to have solar panels. <laughs> exactly. I guarantee you. That's, and, and they're also going to allow poor people to buy an $80,000 Tesla, too, right? Well, yeah, they, sure. uh, How they, uh, even with all those tax breaks, they can't afford a Tesla. Ah, but you didn't hear this then. They're, see, the poor people don't get the new Teslas. The poor people get the used Teslas. So part of the bill, I'm not kidding, they're going to give $4,000 for poor people so that they can have their cars too now the only problem with this is that people get rid of the teslas because they're a little old and when they get old the batteries start to be less efficient (laughs) to replace the batteries is only like 20 or thirty thousand dollars but at least the poor people will have four thousand dollars so that they can buy their used teslas and have uh that need battery replacements so you see 
they are compassionate, Steve. Well, well, the other thing about this is if you read what the radical environmentalists who seem to be in charge in, in Washington now really want is they want to they want to get rid of cars altogether. You see, they want everybody to buy, you know, to, to ride on, uh, on buses and trains and and uh, and they don't want only the ultra rich and the, the beautiful people that is the Biden, you know, super rich are going to have cars. But everybody else is going to ride. On, on buses and good good luck taking your you know your son and daughter to band practice or the soccer practice on the bus. But that, <laughs> that's exaggerating. They their their whole grand design is everything's going to be mass transit and there's not going to be any more cars because cars pollute. Oh, this just gets more and more insane as we go along. Where can people find you, Steve? Do you have a new book coming out, or do you, do you have a new book out? Well, I do actually. Thank you for asking, James. I have a book that came out just a couple months ago called Godzilla how the relentless growth of government is devouring our economy. By the way, I think I was a little ahead of my time on that one. Oh, You know, and our old friend uh, Rush Limbaugh would love that book. And it just has a lot of the details about how our government is out of control. And if people want to get our – oh, by the way, I hope people will listen to my More Money show, which I have so much fun doing on at 1 o'clock on Saturday afternoons on WABC, the number one uh, news uh, channel in the country. Uh, so tune in and we have fun. We, we always uh, talk. And I love taking people's questions. I love finding out what America cares about. And I tell you, uh, when I take those calls, people are angry about the Biden agenda. <laughs> They're not too happy about what Joe Biden's done to our country. Well, you just wait. They're going to be a little bit mollified when they learn that Joe Biden's $60 billion, at least part of this bill, is going <laughs> to help solve the problem of racist roads and racist neighborhoods. Yeah, I hate that. You know, I hate yeah. going down those racist roads. I mean, yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Me <laughs> too. Stick more. Thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure, my friend. You too, James. Have a great weekend, my friend. Take care. All right. WABC Talk Radio 77. Make sure you're here Saturday for our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Then Larry Cutlow, Steve Moore at 1 o'clock. It's Saturdays. Are the, this is the place to be every Saturday. And Saturday evenings, what's up? Cousin Brucey and Music Radio. And also remember, Cats at Night is up next right after this program. We're coming right back. Stay woke! Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Bruno. He's your numero uno. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. It is our Friday edition of Rush Hour. Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour. We have winners. Kev, who won? Indeed, we do have some winners, Bo. So for the Joel Alstein show on Saturday at Yankee Stadium, Robert Rosen is our winner from Brooklyn, New York. So, Robert, congratulations. You will be going to Joel Alstein on Saturday. And for Five for Fighting on Tuesday, August 2nd, Michael Santoro from Freehold, New Jersey. Mike, congratulations. You are going to see Five for Fighting. Awesome. Let us head to uh, the telephones on WABC. Uh, it is our Friday edition of our Bo Snurley Rush Hour. 
Let us start in Long Island. Joe, welcome. You're on WABC Talk Radio 77. Yes. How you doing, James? This morning, uh, I saw a commercial on Fox saying that the, the, the golfers that left, went to the Live, uh, live Tour, the Australian, uh, not Australian, Saudi Arabian, uh, they were traitors. Trump is a traitor. But uh, the PGA Tour, they take they took millions and millions of sponsorship money from Saudi Arabia. Now they don't get that. Uh, they don't get the money anymore, and now they're they're PO'd. And Trump wants to destroy them because they're trying to destroy him. And last but not least, I'm sorry to, to uh, uh, Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden and his wife went to a restaurant. The 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 waiter says to Jill, Doctor Jill, what do you have? I'll have a a steak, a medium. What about the vegetable? He'll have what I'll have. have <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> Very clever. Thank you. Appreciate it. We have another Joe in Long Island, too. Joe from Long Island, New York. Welcome. How are you on WABC Talk Radio 77? Fine. Good afternoon. Um, I wanted to zero in on, well, two points I wanted to make. First, I wanted to zero in on Dr. Oz, who's the Republican candidate. In Pennsylvania. For Sen- yeah, for the U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania. And also... Herschel Walker, who's the Republican candidate for the U.S. Senate in Georgia. Now, these are two Trump-endorsed candidates who won their primaries. Dr. Oz is being criticized by his Democrat opponent for not being from Pennsylvania originally. He's from New Jersey, as though New Jersey is somehow on the other end of the earth. But wasn't Hillary Clinton – she wasn't originally from New York when she became senator of that state. No, she was from Illinois and via, via Arkansas. And then up to D.C. for the Hirstinus First Lady. She was a, uh, what we used to call a carpetbagger. Yeah. Herschel Walker, they're criticizing him because they're claiming he doesn't have the requisite experience to be a U.S. senator. I mean, for crying out loud, you have experienced people running the Senate now, and look at the mess we're in. And uh, the last point I wanted to make is, like I said, these are two Trump-endorsed candidates, Dr. Oz and Herschel Walker, who won their primaries. Why is it that the establishment Republicans, when they lose to a Trump-endorsed candidate, can't get behind the Trump-endorsed candidate? They have to act like a bunch of babies. Don't they know there's a bigger enemy they have to defeat this in this November's midterms? Not to them. To them, Trump is the enemy. Some of these establishment uh, Republicans hate Trump just like the Democrats do. In fact, I'm going to try to dig out a column uh, that I saw today from a Trump hater who's proud to be a Trump hater and um, is still saying that Trump is the most dangerous thing, blah, 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 blah. They go on and on. Trump is living in their brains rent-free. And no, they can't get behind it. Those are, to me, the, 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 the types that, look, many of us held our nose and voted for John McCain. Many of us held our nose and voted for Mitt Romney. But the people on the Republican side of that, that, that wing of the party can never seem to get behind conservatives, genuine conservatives. And right now, one of the reasons I think that this party is suffering, where we are suffering, is because we have too many of these diehard rhinos, and we need to concentrate on getting the rhinos out as well as defeating Democrats. Thank you so much for the call, Joe. Appreciate it. Vivian in Lakewood, New Jersey, how are you? 
Hi, I am so nervous. It's the first time I've ever done this, but um, I really had to speak. First of all, I love listening to your voice. It's so sonorous and so calming. That's number one. And Thank your you. name, Mr. Golden, really applies to your voice and you. I'm sure you. Um, I have two little things I wanted to make, um, questions I had. I had heard this, and I'm not really sure, and I just really wanted to know if you could verify it. I had heard that when President Trump was um, was in the presidency, he did not take a salary. That's that correct. And That's that correct. correct. That's correct. Why don't we talk about that a little bit? No one ever mentions it. Donald Please Trump is it. an extremely generous man, and most of his generosity goes either unnoticed or untouted on, pur- on purpose because the left and the mainstream media do not want people to understand not just his generosity when he was uh, as a politician. He has a history of generosity that goes as far back as he goes. And they don't want that side of him known because it gets in the way of their narrative that he's really some kind of a brutish man that, that, that means that is only interested in himself. And it violates their narrative. That's why we don't hear more of it. Second point I wanted to make is about this climate change and closing down all the the, the oil refineries and and the and the whole thing with the Keystone. Um, do you remember many years ago there was a volcano in Iceland and how um, how so many of the airports, even in more of the western part of of Europe, had to close down? Why? Yes. Because the ash traveled. Because that's and it even affected us in the states. Yes. What's the difference if we do, if they're going to have their oil refineries, which they certainly do not take care of in terms of we were so much cleaner. What's the difference if they have oil refineries in China and in Iran, and when we have them, they're so much cleaner. We live in the same big blue marble. The atmosphere goes around. We're still going to be hit by that pollution. It's kind of like being in a big apart- an apartment building. Your room can be, pre- your house can be pristine. Your apartment is perfectly clean. But you have a, a neighbor on the upper floor, the other end of the building, who's a slob. Those cockroaches are coming to your building, to your room, to your rooms too. So, uh, where's the science? Very well said. Where's the science? <clears throat> That is a question that we could ask about so much. If you look at this entire COVID pandemic, one should be asking, where is the science? Because science took a vacation. If you look at the science of climate change, you can ask the same thing. And don't forget Mount Pinatubo's explosion here in the United States. Don't forget some of the other huge volcanoes. You're absolutely right about that, Vivian. Appreciate, very much appreciate in Florida, there's Tom. Tom, welcome. You're on Bo Snerley's Rush Hour. How are you doing this afternoon, Tom? No, I'm great, Brooke. Enjoy your show, Bo. Thank oh, you. Just quickly, I think McConnell and McCarthy both got to go. But the reason for my call is, where's Christian Cinema stand on this bill? That uh, ah. remember, no. you Originally, you know, Manchin and her weren't going to support it. And she said she wouldn't support anything that puts taxes on the people. But uh, not at EK. Where's she at? Have you heard anything? Well, you raise the point that our very own Princess Di raised yesterday. She's the wild card in all of this. That's what Princess Di said. And so far, she's been quiet. We don't know what she thinks about this. There's been nary a word from her. She could be the wild card, among others. I mean, we don't know everywhere everyone stands on it. We think, though, just from reading the mainstream press, that this thing has the support 
of most Democrats, they see this as a lifeline, perhaps to try to uh, mitigate some of the losses that even they anticipate in the midterm elections. Tom, brilliant point. Thank you for the call. In the Poconos, Mike, welcome. WABC is Post Nervous Rush Hour, the Friday edition. How are you, Mike? I'm doing good, Bo. I'm glad I got on before the show wraps up. And I'll tell you what, I put in 25 years with the MTA, Metro North. You look like one of my uh, retired co-workers. He was a welder, Jimmy. Yeah. Cool. Uh, anyway, I'll tell you what, I was laughing. You know, tuned in. Some people are trying to label certain roads in our country racist. Really? Really? <laughs> I'm the real. You know, what's going on in our country, Bo, uh, Joe Biden and his son Hunter, shakedown artists, um, I played the drums back in the day. You heard the song, you know, Ball of Confusion. He's in a state of confusion, what's going on in the country. Gas prices, food, um, uh, opioid epidemic, the borders are wide open. It's so out of control that, you know, uh, I'd like to see this country getting back to a semblance of what I remember as a 68-year-old. And I grew up in the 60s with, with, you know, anti-war demonstrations and everything else going on. It's like... Uh, and I said last uh, show, uh, Bob, um, I'll quote Rodney King at the L.A. riots. He died young. I always liked him. He died young. His quote was simple. Can't we all just get along? You know? Thank you, Mike. Appreciate that. And let me just say this. Even when you talked about the turbulent time of the 1960s, the Vietnam War, of course, those protests, they tore this nation apart. But even in those days, there was a semblance of a common understanding throughout the country. If you ask someone who was a man and who was a woman, they didn't hesitate to give you an answer. You could ask for basic things, basic things that we all believed, and you wouldn't find the kind of confusion that reigns today where liberals have taken this country. And so you're absolutely right. Things aren't as they used to be, but then again, they never are in history. What we have to do, if we're going to, quote-unquote, return America, we have to return a sense of commonality so that we're not sitting here with these mindless arguments that there are somehow 90-some-odd genders. That does not make any sense whatsoever. And when you hear some of these kids talking um, that their pronoun is a cat, their pronoun is a frog, the pronoun that is, is, if you really want to be frank, the pronoun is stupid because it makes zero sense. Anyway, we're back tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock in the morning. Set your alarm. Have your first cup of coffee with us on both Nerdly Saturday Morning Radio Extravaganza here on WABC. Remember, Cats at Night up next. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. Thank you for being with us. On Bo Snowy's Rush Hour this week. We look forward to being here with you next week. Thanks as always to my crew, best crew in radio. And we'll see you tomorrow morning. Bye.
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 